Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Live. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Mindset, the book by Carol Dweck. In the um, 1980s and 1990s, mindset was a very common word. Have you got the right mindset? But I don't think people really knew uh, what they meant by mindset. It was sort of positive. Are you up for it? Etc. And then Carol Dweck wrote this uh, ground groundbreaking book, sold a million copies, and talks about fixed and uh, growth mindsets. Uh, David Skinner's a prolific uh, serial uh, summarizer of books. He's a leadership coach, and he's uh, a hell of a good skier and cyclist. Welcome, David. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us about mindset. Well, thanks for inviting me and having me, Derek. So really appreciate it. Um, well, mindset, why is it important? Um, well, we're all different in terms of the way we lead our lives and how we deal with success and failure. Um, so you might ask, what is it that makes some people more successful than others? Um, how is it that some people deal with pressure better than others? Um, how, how do some people get more out of their team, out of their pupils, or if they're a coach, they're athletes, or their family than, than other people do? And there, there are multiple ways you can answer that question. Uh, but for me, I find that the concept of mindset is a really helpful tool in thinking about it, where, where success is defined more by how we think about our situation than by our innate abilities or by our genes or by how we were, what we were born with. So um, I, I think it's a, a really useful, powerful concept to, to think about. And um, if it's that important, what do we mean? I mean, it was mindset, positive, negative. Now it's fixed and growth. When we discussed it yesterday, um, you said both are good in the right circumstances. I mean, I thought, well, you've got to have a growth mindset. Everyone on here has got a growth mindset. We're serial learners. Um, but it's not quite like that, is it? Yes. Well, I think probably the first thing to do is to talk about what we mean by those two different terms and then come back to that point. So you've got some got, got a basis to, to, to think about it. Uh, I mean, it's, as you've said, it's a term that's used really widely. You, people talk about a winning mindset or a determined mindset. Something goes wrong, it can be because they've got the wrong mindset. But Carol Dweck uses it in a very specific way with the fixed and growth mindset points. Um, she's got an enormous amount of research on her book. So if you're interested in it and haven't read it, I, I suggest you do. It's a good read. Um, but for a fixed mindset, you, you go through life with a belief that you have innate talents and abilities and that they're fixed. So you are what you're born with. Um, and you see that all the time. And since I've been thinking about it, I've noticed it more in others and in myself sometimes. Um, so you can see people saying, oh, I'm not very clever. Uh, I can't do maths is one I hear a lot. Um, or he's a natural athlete. Uh, or, um, oh, you're a born leader. They're all effectively saying you've got some natural talent, some, some ability that's fixed inside you. And, and you contrast that with a growth mindset where you're always learning and developing. What you are today is not going to be what you are tomorrow. Um, you can grow your talent and ability. Uh, and if you encounter challenges and failures, they aren't problems or threats, they're opportunities to learn. Um, and you end up being in a world either of proving your talent uh, and being validated for it, or a world where you've got changing qualities, you're stretching yourself and learning new things. 
uh, when you come back to well, which is which is better or, or worse? I, I, I think the reality is we've got a balance of both of them within us, um, and that balance will vary for different situations. So although probably today we'll talk about it as if it's an either or, uh, there we we really can adapt. However, whatever the predominant mindset in the situation will, I think, influence how you respond to those situations and uh, how you deal with those situations. Uh, so you could think of a growth mindset as just being about having a positive attitude and being open to learning new things. That's that's something I know you're very passionate about, Derek, with lifelong learning, uh, and that's part of it. But I think it goes much deeper than that. Um, I think mindsets can really mess with your head and they can define how you live your life. Uh, they can define... Um, the sort of relationships you have with others, your approach to risk, um, how you motivate yourself, how you teach others and develop others, deciding how much effort you want to put into things, and even the culture of the business you work in. Um, so if we, th if we think about a fixed mindset, what's it like to be in the world of a, somebody with a fixed mindset? Well, in everything you do, every time you stick your head over the parapet of life, and trying to engage with other people or engage with a task, you know you're demonstrating your fixed traits. Everything you do is an opportunity to be assessed and judged. Uh, and that's just the nature of things. Success is about proving your ability, um, or maybe about validating your abilities to yourself, building yourself a team, showing that you're good enough. Um, and failure changes from being an event, uh, I failed, to being an identity, I am a failure. Uh, and they're very, very different things. Um, and the fixed mindset uh, leads you down the I am a failure route if you fail, because that's your fixed trait. You've got nowhere else to go. If you haven't succeeded at something, that's the way you are. Um, so you either got to prove your fixed traits are good enough um, or accept that you've got nowhere to go and no resources to cope with it which has implications in terms of risk for yourself. Everything you do becomes a risk. You want to make sure you succeed, so you don't take the risk that you demonstrate you don't have the right capabilities. You only take the risks that you think will pay off, and you begin to um, avoid challenges because challenge represents a risk. You might not succeed, and if, there, if you don't, everyone will know. Um, now, there's sort of research that, that supports that. And as I say, Carol Dweck talks a lot about that. Um, um, she had one about regarding um, brain analysis of students um, uh, getting feedback on their exam performance. And those with a fixed mindset showed brain activity that demonstrated they paid a close attention to feedback about their abilities, uh, what they got that was right, uh, what their, their, their core, core qualities were. But they didn't really show a lot of interest in the questions they got wrong or understanding the right answer. Um, and that's that would be what you expect from a fixed mindset, because you just want to you want reinforcement of the things you got right. And you don't really want to know about the things you got wrong, because that's that's the failure that you, you want to avoid. Um, and the people who had the growth mindset um, were most interested in the questions they got wrong. Um, they wanted to understand the right answer. And that's that's where they engaged their attention. Um, and as a result, you could imagine that they 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 grew and they got better at what they did. There's there's more more 
sort of the examples of that that we'll come to. Um, so you've got this fixed mindset. So what is your strategy for overcoming failure? Um, it's no point in working harder because you don't have the ability. You've got the fixed trait. So find another way. What could you do? Um, you could surround yourself with worse performers. That's a pretty good strategy. Um, you might not do as well in terms of achievements in the end, but you're going to be a success. Um, and you'll be able to demonstrate your successful traits quite easily because you, you, you're dictating who's, who's around you. Um, and you see that, see that that sort of flavor comes out in another bit of research for college students who are given the chance to um, uh, look at the papers of other students. And those with the growth mindset focused on the papers of the people who did worse. Um, those with, so those with the fixed mindset. Uh, those with a growth mindset focused on the people who did better than them. Um, so there's an example of focusing on the poorer performers when you've got a growth, uh, a fixed mindset mm. and focusing on the stronger performers when you've got a, a, a fixed growth mindset. What else could you do? You could cheat. There's examples of that. You could avoid the next challenge. Um, I mean, I've, I've, when I was younger, I uh, used to play the violin and uh, we did all sorts of performances and competitions and things. And actually I never performed particularly well. Um, and it's only really recently that I've realized I probably approached that with a fixed mindset because I was going into those competitions with a view to proving my ability as a violinist. Um, and because of that, I was very aware of the threat that I might not succeed at doing that. Um, and I basically clammed up. I didn't do particularly well. I got like, my defense strategies came in because all I could focus on was the risk of failure. Um, and as a result, I tended not to go in for other competitions because rather, rather than saying, saying, how do I get better? If I do a bad performance, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Uh, it means that I've got some more growing to do. Uh, and I can, I can see how having a fixed mindset in that, that environment really made a difference to me. And I did avoid future challenging situations. Other things you can do, blame others. That's a classic one that we've, we've all seen many examples of that. Why did you get a bad score in your test? Oh, I had a bad teacher. Um, the exam paper wasn't fair. Uh, my neighbors had a party last night. Uh, it wasn't my fault. Um, the, the, the effect of that is you're less likely to make an effort. Um, if you're naturally talented, you don't really need to. You shouldn't need to. Uh, in fact, it's probably safer not to make an effort at all. Um, uh, you can adopt the strategy of, well, I'm not trying, so you can't assess me. And you see that with, with school kids in, in schools. Um, uh, the really the ones who are lost to the school system are the ones who will say, well, I'm not going to try that. Uh, what they're doing is they're protecting themselves against failure and against assessment. Um, uh, the other thing you can then, you can become to believe is, well, if I've got to work at something, uh, I can't be very good at it. I'll focus on the things where I'm, I don't need to work hard at because they're the, they're, that's where my natural talents lie. Um, and you just end up cruising through life, not, doing, not achieving very much. And you can contrast that with a growth mindset where you do understand you can change. 
And what that does is it mobilizes your motivation. Uh, you're, you're enthused to take on a challenge and do something else because you know there's an end point to it that you're going to get better or you could get better. Um, and failure at a task stops being important. Um, failure at a task is actually a gift because it gives you some information and some challenge that you can actually do better at it next time around. You see that in sport all the time. I, mean, I think one of the best things you can do at sport is lose uh, because that really does um, focus you on what you need to do next time to actually win. And that's how you rise up the ranks in whatever it is you're doing. Um, the real failure for a growth mindset is not achieving what you've got the ability to achieve. Um, avoiding challenges, uh, looking back and thinking, well, I actually could have been a much better violinist as a performer if I'd actually had the growth mindset and, and not defined myself by whether I did a good performance last, last night. Um, uh, and that's, that's the real failure that for a growth mindset. David, where do you think passion comes into this? I mean, how passionate on a scale of 0 to 10 were you about playing the violin? Oh, I was pretty passionate. Um, I mean, is that a seven? Passionate, or passionate. Is that a seven or an eight? Yeah, seven or an eight. That's right. You needed to be a ten, then, didn't you? <laughs> well, it doesn't. It's not necessarily about passion. I don't think because you can be very passionate with a uh, fixed mindset. You can be passionate about proving your abilities and proving you're the best. Look at a number of CEOs that you can think of in businesses who are very fixed in the mindset. They're all purpose in life is to validate themselves and prove how brilliant they are as a CEO. You, they, you can never say they're not passionate. Um, I mean, some of the, the real top, I mean, Carol Dweck goes on about, about uh, is it Lee Iacocca uh, and Chrysler, uh, who did a, 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 an enormously good job of destroying Chrysler by the look of things. Uh, and he, he, I cannot believe he wasn't passionate. And he was probably terrifyingly passionate. Um, and equally the growth mindset, but you're passionate for different reasons. He might have been passionate about different things, though, mightn't he? Just his own uh, ego. Uh, yeah. was, you, there was an article this week again about psychopaths and how many CEOs are probably psychopaths, if that's the right word. But it probably is because it probably does describe some of those people. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's a slightly different thing, but you you certainly can see those some, some of those sort of tendencies, but that, that doesn't mean they're not passionate about something. Mm. Um, now, my I, question to you was, were you passionate about the violin? Because I know you're passionate about lots of things, but yes, I, I, I think I was. With my growth mindset, you weren't a 10, that's all. I think I stopped being passionate when in my fixed mindset, I wasn't performing, I wasn't demonstrating the capability that I wanted to give me self-esteem. Uh, and I stopped being passionate because I had a fixed mindset and I stopped doing that and I started doing other things. Mm. Um, so I think my fixed mindset harmed my passion for it. Okay. Um, now, is there a danger of having labels? Are there as, is there a danger here of labeling people and I know there's a number of stories about children in schools being told they're never going to be successful or um, you live in a council property over here. So you'll you'll never have a good job or. Yes. Well, there's a number of number of ways you can see that happening. Um, 
uh, fixed mindsets certainly limits achievement. And there's evidence of that within within schools. Um, there's an example where um, kids coming to in, in the UK, they come into secondary schools at 12, 13. Um, and whether they have a fixed or a growth mindset uh, doesn't predict what grades they get when they come into, come into secondary school. As you go through secondary school, you see those who started with a growth mindset showing an increase in grades and those who started with a fixed mindset showing a decline in grades. Um, and the fixed mindset people would attribute that decline to things like, well, I'm stupid, uh, or to the teachers, they're not very good, they're useless. Um, uh, so that's their sort of how the mindset that affects them. Um, but then you think in terms of labels, um, uh, you see there can be danger in positive and negative labels. Um, you can praise people, but how you praise them matters. Um, there's a bit of research um, that came out on students who were of equal ability, uh, and they were then given, given a, a set of tasks, an exam paper, say. Um, and whatever their results, uh, they were either praised for being intelligent and talented. Oh, you got an eight in that question. You must be really intelligent. I'm a really bright, bright student there. Uh, or they're praised for working hard. Oh, you got an eight in that question. You must have worked really hard to achieve that. Um, and over time, those in the ability praised group, so their scores drop. And when they're given the opportunity to accept new challenges, um, they rejected it. Why risk failure when they were already recognized as being intelligent? Those praised for effort, so their scores rise, and 90% of them, when they're presented with a new challenge, accepted it. Um, it's a bit like if you had an IQ test, uh, a good way of lowering your IQ is praising people for their ability. A good way of raising it is praising them for the amount of effort they put into life. Now, that's not a psychologically proven thing, but that's the sort of sense that you get out of that. Um, or if you, you get labels coming out as well that stereotype people. I mean, we often see it's quite topical in, in the press at the moment. Um, so, I mean, a classic one is uh, women aren't very good at maths. Uh, that you see as a stereotype that you might hear. Um, uh, well, does a fixed growth mindset affect your reaction to that stereotype? Well, the research that Dweck talks about suggests that if you have a fixed mindset, yes, it does. It the, the negative factors from that stereotype are reinforced or a threat to the individual, and they react by avoiding whatever it is that the stereotype is. Um, but those with a growth mindset brushed it off, um, and they, they it weren't affected by the negative stereotypes. If you think about extrapolating that across life, um, there's lots of implications at work and for, part, and, and, um, for parents um, in terms of negative stereotyping. Mm. Um, now, here's a question to put in for the chat box as well. Um, do we think certain companies have a growth mindset and do we think certain companies have a negative, have a uh, fixed mindset, using the uh, wrong word there? So uh, if you think they do, put in yes. If you think they're open-minded, put in no. I know it's a generalisation, but I'm interested in generalisations. So while that's happening, David, we could... Um, carry on we talked about every word sends a message now that's something i'm passionate about from yes. the uh, 
work in psychology. We know every word, uh, programs, deprograms people, um, language use is very important. Yes. You on that? Well, in the word of my, world of mindsets, um, the messages you're sending, the subliminal messages are either you've got permanent traits and I'm judging them, or you're a developing person and I'm committed to that development. You could characterize those two. And I remember at school, there being teachers who would take both, both, both routes and they have different impacts on me. Um, so you might think um, as a parent, it's very fashionable and it's a really positive thing to do to, to reinforce a child's achievement by praising them. Um, but you could think about what, what message you're sending with, with that praise. Is it you've got permanent traits and I'm judging them admittedly positively? Or is it you're developing and I'm going to support that? So you're brilliant. You got that A grade without even studying. How fantastic is that? Well, the child might interpret that as, well, I'd better stop studying. Otherwise, they won't think I'm brilliant. Uh, mm. I've got to achieve everything because that's what it takes. Um, or you learn that so quickly. You're really clever. Well, the child might interpret that as, if I don't learn something quickly next time, I'm not clever. Um, the parent could alternatively have said, oh, you did that really quickly. Let's find something a bit more challenging for you next time. Uh, completely different message. They're being praised. Uh, they're feeling very positive about themselves, uh, but you aren't making any comment or judgment about their fixed traits. It's just, what can we do next to develop? Um, and you have that, a similar trait uh, thing in the sporting side. Um, uh, uh, I think it was John Wooden, the, the coach that we were talking about, Derek. I think it was him. But um, if it wasn't, it was somebody else in the American sporting world. Uh, one of his reactions when people weren't engaging with the training session uh, was to stop the training session and say, you haven't got an opportunity to learn tonight because you're not up for it. Mm. We're all going home. Mm. Um, and I can think of some times in rowing where that would have been a very powerful thing to do. Uh, so you've, you've got a sporting team that's all focused on themselves and bickering and not, not up for growing and learning and participating, then that's a great way to stop it. Um, so yes, every word you do is potentially sending a subliminal message about whether someone's got permanent traits and all those things about fixed mindset that we talked about or growth traits uh, and, and the potential to develop. So the kind of praise really matters. Are you praising effort and persistence or are you praising, praising abilities and talents? And I reckon we can all think of times where we've thought we've done a great job praising people, but it's we're actually praising, praising their abilities and talents. I and think with your, own, with your own kids, it's very, uh, very easy to do that. Oh, absolutely. Them and sometimes you've got enough time to understand them, whereas I guess the teacher's more important there at school. But... Who knows? The whole combination of uh, everything. David, we're nearly coming to the uh, end of the interview. Um, have you got one final point that you'd well, like? I'm, I'm, I'm going to adopt a growth mindset and make it two. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'll let you do that. One, one liner, you're not independent of your environment. Um, so we've sort of talked about mindsets as, not, as a little isolated thing in our heads uh, that we, we influence and we deal with. Um, but we affect those around us and those around us affect us. Um, so your mindset will affect those of others 
and the mindsets you have around you will affect you. Now, Nancy mentioned mindset when I was talking about psychological safety last time I was on um, and about the relationship with it. And uh, I mean, I've, to me, I think if you're working with an environment that isn't psychologically safe, it's going to be very, very hard to adopt a growth mindset uh, because failure has a risk if it's not psychologically safe. Um, uh, and all that does is almost confirm or reinforce fixed mindset behaviors. So that was that was just my my added one. Mm. The last last thing I'd just like to leave you with is a story which really struck home to me from Carol Dweck's book. Um, one of the things she did or does, I don't know, probably still does, is do growth workshops for adolescents who've basically been turned off school. The real performers who just aren't engaging, don't want to be there, don't work, don't see the point of being at school at all. Uh, and I'll paraphrase it very, very quickly, but effectively she explains to them that your brain's a bit like a muscle. Uh, you can make it stronger and better as you go through life. And the more you challenge it, the more it grows, just like if you're doing press, bench presses. Um, and things you once thought you couldn't do might be maths, might be a foreign language, can become possible. It's just like babies when, they, when they're born, they can't talk. But that doesn't mean they can't talk in the future. Uh, they've just got to create connections in their brain that enable them to do that. And she described the most hardcore um, pupil there, which she, she called Ginny, uh, who is a serial non-participant, doesn't want to know. And his response was to have tears in his eyes, as if he'd had a huge revelation, just a blinding thing of lightning in his head, saying, you mean I don't have to be dumb? And he genuinely thought that's the way he was. Um, and by having his mind changed in that way, he responded by working extra hours and getting really good grades. And I'd just like to leave you the thought, I wonder how many Jimmies you've encountered in your life and how you've responded to them. No, that's a great question. Just um, a couple of points I wanted to make on that. One of my favorite um, quotes is, you become who you spend the most time with which is absolutely uh, correct. I know there's a few golfers on here. What I've always found about golf is I like playing with my pals and we're all of about the same standard. You don't seem to improve when you play with them. You have fun. Whereas if you go out with a group of uh, really good golfers, step outside your comfort zone, for some reason you seem to hit better shots, which is um, sort of doesn't make sense, but it does make sense. And the other quote that I quote to people is you earn the average of the six people you spend the most time with, whether that's earning um, enjoyment, happiness or money. And that seems to be the case as well. Uh, and there is that story that I'm sure somebody will tell us after we've closed the program down um, of the experiment they did somewhere in the US with uh, with children they put them uh, they put two classes together at the beginning of um, the term and they told the teacher that uh, one lot are seriously dumb and they told the other teacher that one lot are seriously bright and then after two weeks they said we made a dreadful mistake we've got it the wrong way round and the dumb ones are the bright ones and from that moment everything changed through the uh, teachers attitude that they they could presumably teach a growth mindset uh, david thanks for joining us uh, you are a serial uh, summarizer 
your first summary of this book was uh, 14 pages in very small font 10. I put it into chat GPT um, uh, this week and summarized the book in 100 words. Dear chat GPT, please summarize it in 100 words. Both are pretty similar. Um, and um, in the Sunday Times yesterday, the teaching unions were saying the whole world's going to be a disaster because of uh, uh, artificial intelligence. And I was thinking that's a real fixed mindset, isn't it? We need to uh, embrace the growth mindset, which is why I put a link to ChatGPT, which isn't easy to find in, the, in my newsletter today. David, thanks for joining us. There's a few questions in the chat box. Will you stay on for a little while? And will you join us in the autumn with another one of your uh, brilliant summers? Can I ask everybody to give David the usual round of applause uh, on behalf of uh, Monday Night Live? Thanks. Thank you, David.